And legals is a broad term, you know. Legals is the end product. The real work of a lawyer, I believe, okay, is to help clients before they get to the end product so they make the best possible decision for themselves and for who they are. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Asia Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brilliant Misfits. I'm super excited today. I have another Brilliant Misfit. It just amazes me how these women, they're from all different walks of life doing different things. But the common thing is, is that at some point they didn't fit in and they were able to turn that around and find their way of doing things. And what, and by doing that, they are really changing and creating a new landscape that we live in. So I'm super excited about uh, introducing you to my guest today, which I'll do in a moment. But I just want to remind you that you can come to the Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits, where we carry on the conversation. It's a private group just for women, and we're there to support and encourage and inspire each other. So do come over and join that group with us. And so without further ado, I'm going to introduce my beautiful guest today, Her name is Shalini Nandan, and she's a heart-centered lawyer whose passion is empowering women to manage legal and business issues with confidence by teaching the art of self-advocacy and resilience in business. So welcome, Shalini. I'm very grateful and excited that you're here. Thank you, Aisha. I I appreciate the opportunity, and I love talking to you, as you know. (laughs) I know. And um, I have to tell the audience that we did meet each other in person a few times. We met online. We met online originally, and we met at a conference, the Artful Biz Conference. Yes, that's right. And then Shalini came to Bali and was participating in the Bali Blossom Retreat, which was just a month ago or so in August. So I know this woman, and that's why I'm really excited because um, for me, I had this idea about legals and lawyers and it all being sort of straight-laced and um, cold. And when I met Shalini, I realized, wow, this woman really has something different to offer. So I want to jump right in, Shalini, and let's go a little bit into your background. Have you always loved the law and and uh, legal practice? Um, I think at, as all all my life, I have been have had an awareness of um, of justice and um, you know conscience and um, looking within. I was a journalist um, in my earlier days my, my that was my first qualification and um i did that from a from a place of advocacy you know i wanted to write about um what was happening in communities and um and and people then i um i married uh, and i had i had an arranged marriage um my my marriage was arranged uh in my very early 20s and um the person was um, selected for me was a lawyer and um, after I got married um, I 
I did a law degree um, because I could and um, because uh, that was going to be our life. And I guess um, it came easily to me. I, I had the intelligence, I guess, to, or, or the aptitude to study that. But I also um, loved the fact of um, analysis and, and, and looking at problems and troubleshooting. Where I did not fit in after the, we, we had set up legal practice and um, started practising, I, I really suffered from a, a disconnection that being a traditional practitioner um, created between me and the client. So, and then because of that, to, to the community. So it took me a couple of years to actually sort it out in my head what it was that was making me so unhappy. Mm. And so what did that come down to? Did you feel a disconnect with your community or your clients? Look, I was fantastic at setting up a business and that's what I did. I set up the legal practice in Fiji and it's, it's still going and I still consult to it and um, it's run as a traditional legal practice. What I found was that, um, I, you know, setting up the business was was just huge uh, positive energy for me because it meant I was talking to people and negotiating and collaborating and training and teaching. When it came to actual practice, um, the legal, the the practicing meant that my PAs and 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 my paralegals actually had a had a more connected relationship with the client than I did, um, and it was because there was a a. Uh, kind of like a professional that you you do need professional distance but this was like I just was um I was they came in I came in at the last minute you know I took instructions um but it was the paralegals that got to know um the client really well and so I would be continuously asking them more about the client um and who they were and, and how they functioned and, and what they thought and where they came from. Um, and I realised that this was a part of practice that I just, um, I, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't helping my, my desire to remain in private practice in this way. So I took some time off. I came to Australia. We had a, a, a lot of political unrest in Fiji and decided to keep the law firm going and, um, I came to Australia to work uh, at the same time my daughter went to boarding school here and we decided that she would go to boarding school because the political coups meant that school shut down for five months at one time at one stage and it was just really disruptive to her education. So I, I, we came here and um, I, the, the sole purpose was to earn money to send home to pay our staff to keep the law firm going while the economy shut down and um, and that's what, what uh, her dad and I did. We both came to Australia to do that and um, we, we could have shut the law firm and returned to Australia but we chose not to. It's a different economy there. We have two, at that time we had two employed solicitors and 13 paralegal staff and um, well, they were most of them were the sole breadwinners. So if we shut shop and and closed down, we would be effectively um, removing the ability to provide 
mm. of 10 family and up to you know 10 12 families and um so we chose to come here work and send the money back keep the law firm afloat so those times have we've crossed those bad waters now and things have stabilized and everything's fine now but that was um it was while I was in Australia that I realised that I could not go back to working as a as a traditional practitioner, and um, yeah, it, it didn't come easily though, Aisha. You know, I, I in two thousand and fourteen, uh, or just before, I think in, in around two thousand and twelve to two thousand and fourteen, I went through a, a very deep, troubled period of my life where I battle to find my purpose you know what was I doing here I'd done so much study and I had so much experience and I had lived but I did not feel that I was purposeful Mm. I didn't understand what more or how or who I should be Mm. and um I think that's quite a common thing for a lot of people. I know I've been through the same thing. I'm going along and on the outside, it all seems fine, but like something's just not right. And Mm. we go into this, I guess, more of an inner journey to discover, well, who are we really? And what is our real purpose for being here? Mm. Is that what happened with you? Yeah, I, I actually experienced a period of quite deep depression um at the time and um I've never I don't know that I'll ever forget that time you know some memories recede and some don't and um I actually had no idea how I was going to emerge from that space um and but I did and one of the things that um helped me I guess or that I it wasn't it was an awareness that arrived from, and I think when we emerge from a period of darkness, um, it's really such a gift because we hand in hand with the emergence come. You can't do it without an awakening and or some kind of mm. new awareness of self. And I I, I realised that um, even though I had been very good at what I was what I had done and. Um, and I, I performed very well. I never really uh, stopped to ask if I was really being myself mm. and, um, and how I was showing up. And uh, I, I, it, it, was all, it was quite a spiritual shift because it's around that time I discovered um, that the way, to, way past my depression was to do the next best thing, like, you know, to become super mindful that I'm brushing my teeth or I'm getting out of bed or I'm getting dressed now and, and to do that very thing and do it really well and not worry about how I'm going to do the next thing. Um, and it may seem like a small thing, but that has served me to till now mm. to the point where I do it um, – almost as a default to um, ensure that I don't get overwhelmed by uh, things beyond my control and thoughts beyond, you know, that have really got nothing to do with my reality. Mm-hmm. And those thoughts are very similar to everything that we uh, as entrepreneurs, uh, whether we're in startup or whether we're in, in, you know, just thinking about it or whether we are five years down the track that we experience at various stages of showing up 
for ourselves in our businesses, you know, around doubting who we are and our, our abilities, our strengths, that we do we know enough or, you know, we don't know enough. All these questions will we make, you know, will anyone want our services? So I, I, when I rebirthed into Legally Shalini, I actually went through this whole thing again. Um, and I, I actually, I, it's, I guess it's a little bit not correct to say again because I never was aware of these things, you know, backtrack 25 years ago when I set the legal practice up because I did not understand that these were things that mattered to me. Mm. So Legally Shalini is now another business that you've created. That yes, it is. is. It is. It's more aligned with your values and mm-hmm. your loves and passions. Is that, is that yes. what that's about? Um, it is about that. I, um, I, I, it took a while to accept that name, and and um, I, I I think I spent a lot of time battling about actually showing up in my own name, you know, mm. and um, and finally I did accept that legally Shalini uh, sat really well with what I wanted to show up as, uh, you know, when I um, when I accepted that name sort of into my business and my life, um, I wanted something from that. And what I wanted from that was a sense of, um, a, of, of conversation and connection and joy and information and relationships. And these are things that are distinctly separate from legal practice, <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> traditional legal practice. Well, like it's <laughs> what I said in the beginning. I've always had this sort of concept or misconception, or maybe it is a real conception that you know um, the legal world is is like disconnected and a bit cold and not warm. And when I met you, and I sort of started to understand the type of work that you do and how you do it, more importantly, how you do it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. People have to know about you because legals are a really important component of any business. And But it's not a cookie cutter thing. And I think when you work with people, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when you work with people, you really have this ability because you've been through your own process of getting to know who you are, that you help people do the same thing and create legals that is really true to them and what's going to really serve them. Yes. The, the thing is, look, it's, you know, we all know the rules, Aisha, mm. but yet we, we ignore them or we break them or we uh, modify them or we manipulate them to suit our purposes at any one time. It's why lawyers are in business. Okay. Yeah. So I... I like to know where a client is in terms of um, of their perception of their business and their abilities and their um, values. And I, I like to have that conversation about their fears and what they're afraid of before we go down any imposition or, or work around um, how their legal should look like. You can't change um, legal requirements. We will, you know, they're there and they're there for a reason. But how a, how a client or how a person um, views them will determine how well it serves them. 
okay, and how someone views um, their legal or their ethical or their business responsibilities requires a deeper conversation about who they are and their values and where they are in the development of their uh, life as an entrepreneur um, more than the actual legals themselves. And that's why I, that's, that's my area of real work, okay. Um, I have a law firm uh, sit, which I, I have set up to um, specifically handle legal work that arises out of my conversations with people at, in, in, that are opened up by Legally Shalini because Legally Shalini does not always result in legal work. You know, Legally Shalini results in confidence building, changing perceptions, building resilience, understanding your business intelligence, looking at um, uh, where you need to grow or, or, or create business processes and, and thoughts that are going to serve you because everybody is different Mm. Okay, there everyone is at different levels of managing their expectations, their fears, their plans, their resilience. So you you can't um it, I I in my work, I make a, I try to get to know the, a little bit about that side of someone before I advise them about how to manage whatever it is that's before them. Uh, that requires legal attention. And legals is a broad term, you know. It, it, legals is the end product. Mm. Okay. The real work of a lawyer, I believe, okay, is to help clients before they get to the end product so they make the best possible decision for themselves and for who they are. And um, mm, sometimes that. that doesn't result in in um you know, legal work, what does that, what results is to send the client back or the person back um, after, to think about certain aspects of what they're doing and what, what they expect out of the, the relationship they have with their clients or, with, or the relationship they have with their own business to see if it really fits with their purpose and is serving, hmm. serving them as, as with ease and grace and as it should. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's work. It's something that I'm always at, um, at the back of my mind in any conversations that I have, whether it's, um, whether I'm just in, you know, with, with, with a client or with a friend or with anyone that we're shooting the breeze at the back of my mind. I'm, I always have that thing that uh, we're all at different levels of evolution here. Um, and if we take that into account first, then you're actually helping someone to up-level to a place where they're able to consider things that will, in a way that will serve them rather than imposing something on them that they don't really understand and feel uncomfortable with. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm, I'm picking up as you were talking, that instead of trying to squeeze into some legalese thing, you're actually working the other way around and getting to know people and their fears and um, and then packaging and bringing it to the end product at the very end once you've known who this unique person is and uh, tailoring it to them more individually. 
Yeah. Also, you know, people um, have different capacities for understanding processes or, or interactions or where a particular relationship will end up if it's not managed properly. And ha- their ca- that capacity is determined by their values and um, and what how they look at um, confrontation or how they look at cl- collaboration or how they cooperate, what their communication style is, um, who they want to work with, right? It, it, a lot of things go into it. It's not difficult to have that conversation with a client to work out uh, their comfort levels and where they need to up-level to in terms of looking at their business through a legal lens and ensuring that they're actually operating as the CEO or the star of their business that they really are. Mm, and not being a victim to it or yes, having it run right. their lives. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, another, another thing too is... Um, These skills, what I have um, actually noticed uh, and it's um, becoming, uh, you know, now that I'm actually paying attention to it, I'm I'm able to navigate this very thought, is that at this stage of entrepreneurship from start up to five years or or even a bit longer, depending how how, um, successful or how effective your marketing has been, we spend a lot of energy on marketing and building brands and the big why and your message and purpose and, um, you know, your graphics and your blogs and uh, your Facebook ads. Have I left anything out? I'm sure there's like tw- Instagram and <laughs> all, the all these things. Media. Social mm. media, exactly. Mm. So we are out there creating services, delivering services, uh, interacting with clients. But very little attention is given to um, the art of advocating in business for yourself. Mm. Can you just um, unpack that a little bit? The art yes, of I advocating. Can. Yeah, yeah it's, it's actually the art of self-advocating in business. So the flip side, once you've once you have your um, client interactions happening and your, um, you know, you've got paid work and you've got a, a, a client base, inevitably comes the question of managing the relationship with clients and suppliers and collaborators and colleagues. Okay, so it's a, it's a it's a it's not just clients; it's everybody that's kind of involved in your business. The whole stakeholder thing comes in, and very, very, very few people are actually um, actually understand their abilities in so far as self advocacy is concerned. It's the ability to actually negotiate and communicate and assert um, your uh, position in a business relationship to ask that your own needs are met that your rights are established and and we 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 work a lot on the fact of marketing but we work very little on building our ability to actually stand in our own truth when we are communicating with people and this shows up in conversations about money Mm -hmm. you know when people um stating their prices and their charges or um, it shows up when relationships are 
when when client ex, ex, expects more of you than you have actually thought you were expected to give. Um, and it's a, it's the ability to navigate your way through the difficult conversations or the difficult di, uh, the little um, humps and bumps that arise that um, would makes you question whether you want to keep working with this person or whether you are in the right business to begin with or you didn't sign up for this kind of stress. Mm. And do people hire you uh, maybe even specifically for just that thing? Like maybe they're having, you know, difficulty with certain conversations and they they feel a bit stuck and lost. Um, Would, you know, hiring you would be a a thing that would help them through those difficulties? Um, Look, when I, I it, the, the, some of this work is built in when I'm actually drafting documents that are required for business. Mm. But uh, in recent months, I, I'm, I have been, um, I, I guess universe sends you stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm not does. really sure how it happens. <laughs> but people actually, uh, once they're aware that they are in a, uh, you know, really have, I guess what, uh, yes, to answer your question, yes, they do hire me. And what they hire me for is um, sessions on uh, where they are feeling the anxiety in their business mm. in terms of how they're conducting themselves in conversations and negotiations, okay? So it's having those difficult conversations with um, uh, with themselves and the client, and quite often I find it's it's really um, goes back to how they feel about their own business. Yes. Okay. So it's a really a look within process, and I and I have to say it's um, it's really quite a an interesting area of work, and um, it and it is getting to be a bigger part of my work now, where the self-advocacy sessions or the self-advocacy in business sessions are becoming, um, I guess, I guess people didn't know about them and realize now that they, that I, that I do do them and they, they, um, get a lot of value out of practicing those conversations on me, unpacking them and then, um, redesigning the conversation so that they are comfortable with it and it fits in with who they are. Sometimes people just find it difficult to say no or they find it difficult to offer a solution. Um, So it's changing their perceptions about what the dynamics of a relationship are in the first place. Um, Another another part of self-advocacy that I have been recently engaged in is working with people who have already engaged lawyers and, um, the, you know, traditional lawyers and are, you know, halfway through their matter or three-quarters of the way through, but they're quite uh, feeling quite disempowered, quite disconnected from, this, from their lawyers because they're not able to um, articulate the – well, they know what they, know what they um, want to know, but they don't know how to ask the question. Mm. And they also don't know how to ask it in a way that will um, have mean that their issues are addressed. So that's um, something that I've uh, uh, that work has been quite interesting because my 
what I've realised, and I've explained this to people, is that it's it's an expensive affair to change lawyers, okay? Um, so it's better that you we sit down and work out what you need to ask and how you need to ask these questions so that you're in control a little bit of the next um, appointment that you have with them. It's not an area of work that I anticipated going into, but um, that is an indication of what the disconnect is between legal pra- traditional legal practice and the community and why they're viewed in the way they are. Mm, that's a beautiful description. Um, and I imagine that, you know, the way you've described self-advocacy is, is beautiful. I had no idea, but it, it really is that inner journey and standing in your own truth and being able to have the conversation. So it's really addressing those fears that we have or feeling like we, we're out of control of our own situation. And um, I think what you bring to the table is so important and necessary. And I would imagine that would tie in with, um, you mentioned resilience, that you help people uh, build resilience. Well, quite often um, in business, especially when we're starting out, you know, we want to work with people that we can't afford. We want services that we feel we all don't have the money for, but if we don't have them, we, 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 we fear that we will fail in our business. We over-deliver to clients and create an expectation in clients that they can treat us any which way they want um, because we really have this fear that if we don't deliver that our businesses won't progress. Mm. Now, all of these things exist in us because we have fears about how to express ourselves and we have fears that um, we're not good enough or that we don't know enough. It's funny, that that always comes in, doesn't it? It always (laughs) comes in and, you know, I went through the same thing. I went through the same thing. I've been through the same thing in the last two and a half years in in getting to the point where I am now. So I, I don't know. I... I'm so glad for that experience because when I decided to work this way, I, I, I made it a lean startup. I started and made myself go through the same processes of growing my business as, I, as my clients, right, mm-hmm. so that I understand exactly I you know, have stood in their shoes because 25 years ago when I set up the legal practice, that's, uh, you know, it was a different story. I didn't ever even, I had all, I had a lot of, I, I had no fear then. I was younger and um, none of this inner work stuff or I had, I guess I hadn't had the damage of life or the experience of life to like think, second guess myself. So that, that there was a difference there. But all of these things, these these concerns or doubts, etc., that we have in our in ourselves when we're in business affects our resilience. Okay. And 90% of succeeding in business is being resilient. So true. If you don't have resilience and you can't have those difficult conversations, then you have a problem because business in its essence is about relationships. Yeah. It's not about marketing. If your marketing drops away for a bit, 
if you don't have relationships with existing clients and trust and and respect brought about from your ability to um, show up as yourself and be strong and positive about it and to have the conversations and to um, you know be, respect your, your own self as much as your clients and the relationship and to have educated your client about these things and um, and built resilience in your clients and respect as well, then you uh, have no clients. But if you have, if you have had, you know, if you've had that, uh, um, the man, if you have managed those relationships well with your existing clients, then your business will survive no matter what. Mm. And that's the thing that I find. Um, I have I have a passion for is to at every I have a passion for the difficult conversations the the relationships that are going off the rails in business where you know people are, you know you are up you are forced to then look at how you're running your business but more importantly what your thought processes are around what's happening so that you can manage it in a way where it is a um, an outcome that has built you up more, that has reinforced uh, your self-confidence, that has created in you a, 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 a resilience and an understanding of the world around you rather than just shutting down and saying, well, that didn't work, did it? Mm. And not progressing from there. Um, and, and that's really um, where I guess I've found my feet. Yeah, you and, certainly and have, Shalini. It's a, it, it's a really wonderful, fresh perspective and way of working in the legal arena. Well, you know, it's not, it's, it, you, some battles are only won in your head and in your heart. Mm. Okay, they will not be won on paper at mediation in an argument or anything like that. Sometimes it is how you are looking at things and your understanding of what you're willing to compromise on, what you're willing to collaborate on, what you're willing to let go and what you're willing to stand for. Yeah, beautifully put. Yeah, and these are the things that um, I help people define and clarify and then they're able to make a decision that's aligned with who they are as opposed to who someone else expects them to be. Fantastic. Now we're running out of time. Can you believe how quickly it went? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful though. It is wonderful. Thank you very much for that. Uh, And I wanted to, um, for the listeners, uh, that are maybe in a place of uh, fear and not feeling confident about what's going on in their business, would you be able to just like reach through and hold their hands, look at them in their eyes and say something, give them some uh, way forward that would help them today? I have only this to say that if if you're in a difficult situation in your business, whether it's, you know, it's a any no conversation um, is impossible, right? The barriers are what we have put up in our head. So ask yourself, what is it that is 
important to you and what is stopping you from speaking your truth, that is the conversation you need to have. You need to write that fear down, that what you're afraid of, before you can deal with it. Mm. And that is critical. Whenever you are stuck with having a conversation or resolving an issue, it's because you have a block. It's because there's a fear in place. You're going to feel bad about something. Find out what that thing is that you're going to feel bad about or that you feel bad about, and that will be what you will need to resolve. And you'll find that that is something that is about you and how you think about things, not about the client. Wow, fantastic tip. Thank you so much, Shalini. Now, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, now, if people want to connect with you, Shalini, what's the best way? And I'll put put these up. I'll put everything up on the show notes. But what's the best way for them to connect with you? I think the best way to connect with me is that if you're in the Facebook group, um, Brilliant Misfits, you can find me in there. That's that's pretty quick. <laughs> Otherwise, my um, uh, website is www.legallyshalini.com. Um, I'm pretty easy to contact Aisha. Uh, my, my details are on the website. I have a Facebook page that's called Legally Shalini. Clients contact me whichever way they feel comfortable. Fantastic. And as I said, for the listeners, um, all those links will be up in the show notes for this episode. So that's it, Shalini. We've run out of time. I'm deeply grateful. And I have to say it was a really enlightening conversation for me. I, I just love your fresh take on bringing legals into something that's, it's much, much more heartfelt. I feel like you really have a deeper understanding of how you want to work. And in doing that, you're bringing that gift to all the other people that need to put some legals in place or just want to have the conversation. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's knowing who you are, and that'll inform how you handle anything, mm. including your responsibilities um, and, and uh, you know, who you need to be in your business. So true. Mm. Thank you, beautiful Shalini. It was just a pleasure having you. Thank you, Aisha. Thank you for staying tuned for another episode of Brilliant Misfits with Shalini Nandan Singh. Um, what she shared today was really brilliant. I'll have the, the links to get in touch with her in the show notes. Um, for me today, the highlight was really understanding what self-advocacy is and the way she described it was really enlightening for me and the whole idea of being able to communicate and negotiate and assert from a place of fearlessness, a place that's aligned with your heart and with love and being who you are um, is such a different approach. And that's why I wanted her on the show today to share what she does in the legal profession. So if you enjoyed the show, I just want to remind you to please subscribe. It really means a lot when you subscribe and to even review and rate uh, Brilliant Misfits would be much appreciated. And until next time, be true to you and be brilliant. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.